0: Let us pray. Gracious loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks. We have this chance to come around this table. We give you thanks that we have this chance to hear your word and explore it deeply. God, guide us that we may do exactly what you need us to do. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Good evening, friends. Welcome to another episode of Scripture Talk, um, the, the podcast where we d- do exactly that. We talk uh, about Scripture. Um, I am Pastor Trey Comstock. With me, as ever, is... Sister Brady Deadly,
1: Pastor Scott Ketchott,
0: And on the ones and twos... Brother Stacy Tyler. <laughs> fantastic. Welcome, friends. Um, our Scripture this evening is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 22. So then, remembering that at one time you Gentiles by birth called the the uncircumcision by those who are called the circumcised a physical circumcision made in the flesh by human hands, remember that you were at that time without Christ. "...being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of, covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace. In this flesh he has made both groups into one, and has broken down the dividing wall that is the hostility between us." He has abolished the law with the commands and ordinances so that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace, and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death the hostility through it. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him both of us have access in one Spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens and the saints, and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him the whole structure is joined together, and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also, in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. One of the things I want us to see in this is This is not talking about a future condition. This is talking about the here and now. This is saying, this is the thing that has happened. This is the thing that is happening. Not just the thing that happens one glad morning when this life is or, or the thing that happens just at the end of time when Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. This is about a present condition where because Christ has done what he has done, we are reconciled to God. We have the opportunity to be reconciled to one another. We have an opportunity to be a dwelling place for God in the here and the now. Where that goes, uh, who knows? It goes towards the end of time. But it is not—this is is one of those scriptures that lands clearly in the experience God in the here and now. Do some—be a part of what God is doing in the here and now, not just looking over the horizon to death or the end times.
1: You know, I uh, think this is one of the areas where Christians as a whole often miss it. Uh, They get this idea that, uh, you know, we're saved and not all, but a good portion then just kind of maintain that until it's time to get to heaven. Not realizing that a part of the glory, a part of what is the everlasting abundant life is here and now, right. it is for helping us. Yeah, yes, okay, obviously the world isn't perfect. We were just kind of discussing that, you know, uh, you know warning, warning, danger, Will Robinson kind of thing coming from the uh, U.N. Sure, fair. But um, the reality of it is, yeah, it is that way, which is exactly why a way has been made for us to enjoy something beyond that, for us to have more than that through Jesus here and now. Well, it, it picks up this, you know, this idea
0: of the, how we are in this world is supposed to look different than what it, what we looked like and what this world looked like before Christ. That there is actual, tangible behavior change that happens, that we are reconciled and at peace. That before God was in our life, we were one way. We, we were mm-hmm. without God. But because Christ did what he did for us and because we have accepted Christ into our hearts, we have the opportunity to live in a radically different way that creates a radically different world. This is one of those places, and it's a theme that comes up now and then, where how we live our lives in God is part of how God is trying to transform the world. Right, That if we live in a transformed way, thus we have transformed a piece of the world and set an example and created a welcome environment uh, for someone else to experience a transformed world. It's one of those people look around like, why is the world like this? And sometimes I want to go, why are you like
2: this? Yeah, I was going to say, because people will say they'll have a hard time trying to find a heaven-like state in the world because it's it's broken, it's a hellhole, and it like it's not going to get better, but if we combine our spirits together, bond spiritually because the blood of Christ brings to us together, the blood is like the glue that brings us all together, bonded, then we can establish a heaven-like state here on earth, but it takes a lot of effort from everyone to share that love, but they don't want to do it sometimes. I, I mean, it's like,
3: it's like when you accept Christ in your heart and we just, as Christians, just like Trey said, a lot of us just put it in cruise control, and that's it. We don't take any action. We just kind of wait for the end times and go, "Okay, I'll fly away." And oh glory! In the morning, in the morning,
1: now. in the morning, in the morning, in the morning. Some but, fine day. Yeah. Yes.
3: But we just—that's what we do. We just put it in cruise control and don't do anything about it. And and we need to take action, take more action as Christians, and do something about it if we want change.
1: And something that really, I think. Plays into this is, you know, we we like to be evangelistic and understanding Mm -hmm. that the focus of the church is not inwardly but outwardly focused. Yes, there is that helping and healing within the body, but we're to be outwardly focused. And quite honestly, I think, you know, as we look and we say, why is the church declining and all of that? Well, when you look at a bunch of Eeyore Christians running around. It's not much of a church, but it's <laughs> right, yeah. I mine. Mean, <laughs> yeah. Why don't you come? No, I don't want to be a part of that. Why should that's, I want to be great. a part of that? Yeah, but when you have the joy of Christ, when you see yeah. abundant life being lived, that's what attracted. That's what drew. I mean, the, the Jesus movement. Seeing you know in those early days, people seeing. Wow, man, they're happy, they're, and they're not high, right? As far as we know, they're, they're not, not high. high. So only, as Peter
0: said, it's only nine o'clock. Yeah, you yeah. are yeah, not drunk, drunk as yeah. some people say. Yeah, it's only nine it's o'clock the in the morning. Yeah. To which I go, Peter, you lack ambition.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's what it is supposed to be—an example. All through Scripture, when you read it, he's using different aspects of relationship as examples. So why? Does he stop? He doesn't. We, we are supposed to live our life now showing the example of what it's going to be even more so in the future.
0: Well, and I think this is certainly something that when you are looking at Christianity from the outside, right? You are not inside. What you often think is they're a bunch of hypocrites, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been around a lot of churches for a long time and Sir, I wouldn't necessarily say hypocrites, but certainly we are not always exhibiting life change yeah. um, or behavior change or approaching mm. the world in a different way. We remain as fearful as anybody else. We remain as angry as anyone else. The the One of the statistics I have cited before on the show, um, study looked at uh, tipping behavior um, at restaurants. Uh, you want to know one of the lowest days for tips of the week? Sunday. Sunday. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> right? I, I had that conversation with a... Uh, uh, my daughter uh, O'Reilly, she and I went uh, out for her birthday, um, Sunday afternoon, and she had worked, and uh, worked that day, and uh, that was her frustration. She was like, you know, I, she said, you know, you you just come from being at church and holy. Why does it stop as soon as you get to uh-huh. the uh, restaurant table? Uh, she said some of the worst tippers, some of the worst. Uh, people she deals with is the after church yeah. crowd and yeah. that's that's yeah. sad yeah. guys do you know what that's telling the young people that are servers it's uh. it's not telling them that christ is making a difference in our lives it's telling you it's a fraud yeah right
3: and, and and that's the thing too is we don't we do not uh set a good example i mean if we walk around all like trace said, angry and and unchanged or anything. Then that's just telling the rest of the world, don't don't come over here with us, right? Because it's the same thing. You're just BSing us, and 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 not showing that Christ made any kind of difference in your life. Yeah. Right. I mean, what do you expect for them to and look at us if we're not setting a good example?
0: And this is the, so. This is where I get to. When we talk, it we do talk about the narrative of church decline. First of all, the church can't decline. The church is the presence of God in the world. Um, denominations um, and even you know nations can decline, but the church is doing quite fine. There are more Christians alive today, as I've said many times. There are more Christians alive today than any other point uh, in human history. You just don't know them uh, because they're on other continents.
1: <laughs> um,
0: and so why, why are are we not? We want. You know, and and we come up with weird things to blame. We we blame, you know, there's no prayer in schools. Well, okay, fine, but we don't work, they don't work for us and we don't work for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And if this was, if what we were living Um, felt so vital and so vibrant and just exuded from us, it wouldn't matter if the teacher allowed you to pray or not, right? People would see the transformation in your life and thus want that same transformation. That the what the church is supposed to be, that the church, and that means the gathering of Christians, not some building or some institution. The gathering of Christians is meant to be, um, uh, you are a you are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. We are supposed to be a place Mm -hmm. where God dwells on earth, that God dwells in us and among us. Um, and in that way, other people see what, what God is doing in us and then want to be a part of it. And also because that is happening for so many people, thus the world becomes a better place because, when you truly turn your eyes to God you also then naturally turn your eyes to your brothers and sisters it's another thing that's happening here right that in this scripture there's this wall between Jews and Gentiles that is torn down in Christ thus we can see each other clearly and there are no longer two humanities there are one humanity but we don't live like one humanity no. even, even in yeah. the modern capital C church and I'm not talking about different denominations I, I, I care almost not at all about that um, but it is how are we treating one another uh, within the church walls and how are we are we taking our faith seriously enough that we actually live like a like a dwelling place for god um rather than uh people who go to feel good for an hour on sunday morning um get to check off the yep i'm religious i get to fit in in cool evangelical uh southern society i've done my bible belt best um i've now, gone now to church where we, friends. now where do we eat yeah, now right. where do we eat and now what waitress can i swear at right, <laughs> right like exactly. um and you
3: made a good point, Trey, by uh, saying you know most Christians uh, you know you don't see are all around the world, and they're out there doing the ministry work. They're out there putting their lives on the line to to spread the word of of God. I mean, we've we've met some, I mean, personally. You yeah. Know,
0: and, and yeah. I try to
3: Those bring them i try to bring them by every right, once in a while Right, uh-huh. and, 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 and still you know we should that they they set the perfect example and we are like the what second or third largest nation in the world and we
0: fail well and we have hard. we theoretically have like a really high like and, and, and i know it's declined but like still a fairly high percentage of christian people
2: yeah.
0: and I often think about a nation, you know, even if it is below 50% attend church at this point, don't care, that it still means that, like, I don't know, over 100 million people in this country of 330 million claim to be Christians. How can a nation with more than 100 million Christians not just be exploding uh, with joy and faith? Right. We've a hundred million Christians. There were—I don't think there were a hundred million people
2: alive when Paul wrote these words, right? Because they had this mindset, and I quote: "If God is so good, why is you letting things
1: happen like the way they're happening?"
0: But why? Because we're acting like because we're not letting God work in us.
1: Well, <laughs> we we have free will too, and. Yeah. and uh, you know, do we really believe what we say we believe? Does the way we live out our life day to day actually point to us believing that He is worth our all? Right. To live as Christ, yeah. to die as gain, as Paul said. Uh-huh. I don't see us all running around myself included. I'm not, you know, pointing the finger. I'm pointing it at myself. You know, are we really living a life that is sold out and radical for God, to where we're really, you know? As it said, they overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their life unto death. Now, this doesn't mean you go running straight toward an oncoming semi. No, please don't. But, but, the, no, 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 no. But it does mean that we need to take a look at what are our true priorities and yeah, where are we taking opportunities. You know, uh, when you're in the... Uh, Walmart, and you see the person that you know is going to take up a lot of time, you know that they are always needy, and so yep. do you go forward as an opportunity to share God's love, or you do as I have sometimes done, and take that quick turn down the other aisle hoping that maybe they didn't see me.
3: Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And here's, an, so to, to quickly uh, uh, comment on what Sister Brandy said, you know, uh, next time you hear someone tell you that, tell them, well, you know what, fix it.
0: No, but but I, but I I mean, actually you, think
3: you, you have the power for for about at least at least fifty percent of everything that's wrong in this world. You have the power to fix it and change it
0: as a community. Well, and as with the power of Christ moving in us, this yeah. is yeah. where yeah. Yeah. I, right. you know something right. I, I bring up a lot is. Uh, my my graduate school advisor, Dr. Gregory Ellis, in the um, second, has his three foot challenge, right? Um, that you know it comes from his, something his grandmother taught him that you can't change Gregory, you can't Greg, you can't change. My my impression of his grandmother, who I've never met, is terrible. Uh, Greg, you can't change the whole world, but you can change the three feet around you. Uh, right, you can change the three feet around you. And so he pans out a yard, you know, a paper yardstick, and we and I, I I do this. I've done this with our youth. I've done this with our church. I, I you know I. I always cite my sources dr ellison's grandmother came up with this dr ellison taught me this um but you can change the three feet around you and you should and you so you can't change the whole world but you can be a temple that is a dwelling place for god and then that three feet around you can look more like heaven right Mm because we've paired the scripture with heaven is a place on earth um you know, this is a weirdly needling text, I know, to go with heaven is a place on earth. But heaven is a place on earth. And we're supposed to be the ambassadors of it. And we are supposed to be the representatives of it. And we, are, we have this marvelous gift in God where the barriers that exist between humanity, the hatred that exists between humanity, the enmity, all the stuff that creates walls between people in Christ comes down. And so we can live without walls between us, between us and others. We can love freely because we have the power of God dwelling in us, that we can be a temple where all are welcome. Uh, But we don't. This is possible. When we pray, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we often pray, Mm -hmm. uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. Okay, like do it. Like in your life.
1: Um, right now, as it, as, in as it is, as an earth is in heaven. Yeah, it turns yeah. Out. yeah,
3: so if I mean, if you if just think about it, if you 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 change the little three feet around you, and the next Christian brother or sister changes the three feet around her or him, and then so on and so forth, like a shampoo commercial, and so on and so forth. Well, look how much you've changed.
0: So, Christians represent almost a third of the earth's population. Right, we have about two billion people. Earth's population is about seven billion. Right, my fractions are rough. I'm a I'm a pastor, not a mathematician. But like <laughs> that is a heck of a lot of square footage, if we were actually if we were all actually doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right, just like I look at I look around at the United States and they talk about our oh, Christianity is in decline, and and then they want to blame all these outside factors, and uh, maybe maybe it's our fault. Yeah,
3: maybe it's our Christian, fault. Christianity is not in decline; its action is that that's in decline. Yeah, we
0: did we did a, a the kind of couple two series ago. I don't know. I've slept since then a while ago. We did this series called "Get Out There," right? And yeah. one of the core theses of "Get Out There is... um you hey, want, you, as you
2: go, make as disciples. As you go, make disciples.
0: disciples. And you know, do do we think God is real? Like, let's, let's, you know, right. this is not the first time I've asked this question on this show, but, like, do you think God is real? Do you really think that you are a dwelling place for God? Right? Like if you, you know, asked any oh, yes, yes, I, I definitely, you know, God dwells in me. Um, what difference has that made in your life? Not in, like, how you feel, but how you act towards others. Uh-huh. It should impact how you feel. There should be an emotional response. Um, it feels good that the the spirit of God dwells in you. But why does the spirit of God dwell in you? Some of it is for your own support. Yep. And some of it is for the support of others. For you to then turn that same love that you have received and be a beacon of it. To be a miniature temple and that each church is this outpost and this beacon of the kingdom of God and then you go down the road and there's another beacon you go down the road and there's another beacon you know it's why steeples are the way they are right they're supposed to be beacons that here is a place where you can find God and here is a place you can find peace and here is a place you can find comfort and here you can find brothers and sisters who will journey with you uh-huh. but are we doing that is that the lived experience mm-hmm. and what i wager is not enough or else we would be experiencing nonstop revival and we would never be talking about a nature of church decline because people would just be seeing how vibrant and how meaningful and how important and how life altering this is. Right. When's the last time you seen a good old revival? It's been a minute. Well, I don't necessarily mean, like, we said, uh, I don't want to sit in the tent um, and get yelled at by, uh, you know, by a boomer in a toupee, right? Like, this is probably Uh not the way I want to spend a summer evening. Uh, What I actually mean is not, like, revival as tent movement. I mean, like, religious awakening. You can have
2: revival where you're at. I mean, right here, all four of us can start Mm -hmm. a revival. Right right here. Because it's like a matchbox. Like, Hmm. one little match. If one little match can start a forest fire, then the fire that's inside of us that Christ puts in us, we can explode this whole city, this whole county, this whole world. But we got to get out there and do it.
1: You know, uh, years ago I read a book called Fire Seeds of Spiritual Awakening. And uh, that's exactly what it talked about, is that people say they're wanting to see revival, they're wanting to see this, that, and the other. But the way, <clears throat> it's the way any fire starts, you start with the one spark, the one coal. And you start setting it around others, yeah. and it warms them up, and that—that's and that it goes back to that three foot, and, right? And so, when you're trying for revival, you have to start by making sure your coal is on fire right. and burning.
2: J- Joe Joe said, "There you go, asking questions, getting up on in our Kool Aid." Uh huh. <laughs> uh
1: huh. Why are you I, asking all them questions? Why are you asking all them questions? I'm questions. just, questions. I'm, just, questions. I'm, just <laughs> I'm just
0: I'm just you know I'm just asking questions here, but but uh, uh, yeah I, I, I often I often reflect on this right. Like as we live, you know, and we live in deep in the Bible Belt, right? Um, And yet, I see huge brokenness. Um, I see uh, people deeply suffering. I see people experiencing a huge amount of rejection. You know, our our church often acts as like a hospital for people um, who have been hurt by the church at some point. Um, And to me, in the Bible Belt, something called the Bible Belt, we should be unnecessary, right? that you shouldn't need the the church hosp the, the church that's a hospital for people who have been damaged by the church because that that shouldn't happen right we shouldn't see the brokenness right we shouldn't see the loneliness and exclusion we shouldn't these things shouldn't be out there because if they're, you know i bet if you ask the majority of people um, in this county are, are you a christian they would say yes now what they mean by that is an interesting question because the majority of them do not go to church um, but then why this? You know the the, the age old Christian you know worship song. If we are the body, why aren't his hands reaching? Uh-huh. Why aren't his feet going? Why is love not showing? There is the way, right? Cast like casting
2: crowns, baby,
0: casting crowns, like early casting crowns. Yeah, like. What? But I think that song was written 20 years ago. Um, and why is it still true? <laughs> like, why funny. are those questions still valid?
3: <laughs> it's almost like when we when you go to war and you you uh, you experience friendly fire. Yeah, I mean it's, it's it's kind of an analogy for. Friendly us.
1: fire isn't,
0: <laughs> right, friendly <laughs> no, fire, yeah, you're you're right? Friendly fire, Friendly fire isn't. I, yeah. But I, so I know I, this this text pitches this wonderful vision of who we are, and I hear it, and and, and again we're paying it, we're, we're you know connecting it to this like really upbeat, um uh you know. 80s ballad. It's a it's a beautiful Balinda song, Belinda yeah. Carlisle, right? And and I end up feeling I I end up feeling the nostalgia that Luke feels when Luke writes writes Acts, because we we miss this because we just you know Luke didn't experience that stuff until it picks up with the first person stuff later with Paul. Mm-hmm. But when he's writing about the early church and how wonderful it is, Luke is nostalgic. And so I read this text here in Ephesians and how upbeat Paul is about how how we can be this transformed world with no barriers between humanity because of what Christ did and because we can be these dwelling places. And then I look around at a world full of theoretically 2.1 billion uh, dwelling places and I'm nostalgic. Um, that Why isn't it like this? And it comes down to the question, either... Either the Holy Spirit is not moving in us anymore, it's just not the thing we believe, or we're not doing. It. We're not connecting with it. We are, we are not understanding. who We love the bit that we belong to God and that we can carry this thing around in our hearts. This is great. This is supposed to do something materially yeah. in how you not just feel about yourself— You know, this is not just about, like, a psychological healing. It is about a psychological healing, just not just. It is also supposed to transform the way you act and transform the way you greet the world. And this picture of a transformed humanity is possible. If only we would do it.
2: Got a comment from Joe. She said, you know, when you ask questions that make people look in and they feel judged, screaming, don't judge me, we back off of it. Fear of judging others in today's society. However, if asked in earnest, they need to be asked. We need to feel uncomfortable with our lifestyle if it's not what God wants us to have. My head, but I like my walls, Pastor. Sure.
0: And I think there's a difference between judging, as in rejecting, and pushing to change. Yeah. And we conflate those two things because we take any negative feedback as utter judgment. I, you know, I know well that none of us are perfect in this regard. But that doesn't mean I'm never going to say, or that any of us shouldn't say, challenging things. Mm, Approach matters. This doesn't mean that anyone is rejected or unwelcome or not a part of God's kingdom. But at some point, we all need to reckon with ourselves of are we being the Christians we are supposed to be? And that doesn't necessarily just mean, you know, are we, you know, um, uh, not looking at pornography, although don't, um, or, you know, not even like, this is not even just a question about how we're treating our spouses, although that matters deeply. It also is a question of, and this is where Jesus spends a lot of his time, it's not just about a personal morality or a personal moral transformation, but it is, you know, what is the summation of the law of the prophets? To love God,
1: okay? And
0: love neighbor. What does the Lord require of you? Seek justice, love kindness, walk humbly with your God. Right?
2: We lost that.
0: Yeah. I I suspect, I, I you know, I wonder, right? I, I I guess I'll go with I wonder. I wonder in a world with 2.1 billion Christians, why isn't it a better place than it is?
3: And when are we going to be able to fire people up? What's it going to take? I mean, is it going to take actually God coming down or Jesus coming back? No, that's going? too late. That's, no, no, no. That, that would be too late. That'd That'd be, be, exactly. Yeah, my don't my for the end times. That's, I, that's no, my, no, no. That's my point, too. I mean, what was it going to take, people, for you to get fired up and go, go out there and do something, uh, something?
1: Wanted want to quote you from earlier. Fix it, Stacey. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> it, it's for each of us yeah. to fire ourselves right. up. Yeah and then when we get together with other people who are fired up already uh it's amazing the things that god can do in that atmosphere
0: okay Uh so there's a dumb youtube video out there that i've seen shown at leadership conferences look it up i'm not going to drop into the feed we'll just get taken down off youtube um that it it is uh about starting a social movement and it's a picture it's a a shot of one person dancing in a very silly way alone on a beach. And the commentator goes, um, A movement oh. needs one person yeah, to start it. it, needs a person to start that. it. And then. And then two more people join this guy and now he has found his first followers and this is a critical movement. And so now three people are dancing silly on a beach and then more people join, right? But it starts with that one person dancing silly on a beach that's being willing to run counter to what's happening in the world right now. Um, and in our case, it is being a beacon of love. It is controlling that, you know, it is controlling that three feet around you.
1: D- didn't Fortnite prove that with flossing?
0: Yeah, sure, right. Like, I still can't do that. Yeah, but why Uh-oh, can... I still can't. But I, I'm not. It's not my game. But, you know, I, I just I, I kind of closed with this question. Like, why can advertisers and billion-dollar video game companies get us all to alter our behavior? Um, but we're not letting the Holy Spirit do that,
2: Oh. right? Ooh. Right?
0: Like we, we let we let all kinds of things that impact our money.
1: behavior. Get out of our Kool Aid.
0: That don't mean, make money. Makes money for somebody. But like I, I, I just like <laughs> we, we let people like right, in right. in uh, the iPhone came out in 2007. Uh, prior to 2007, almost no one had a smartphone. Okay, that was what 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, in 14 years, the majority of the world now has a smartphone apple and google have fundamentally altered uh human behavior the nature of humanity right uh facebook uh, uh launched what uh less than 20 years ago launched in four?
3: Six.
0: no because i had 2004? it in oh okay. five um so it was either oh three or oh four um they have uh facebook now has more members than the church does um uh, <laughs> Right? Say it, Uh huh. So, Facebook has more people in it than Christianity. Uh, so, you know, there are entities out there that are utterly capable of altering human behavior rapidly. Um, why aren't mm-hmm. we letting the Holy Spirit be the one doing that?
3: By the way, speaking of Facebook or uh, YouTube uh, videos, if you like hip hop and you like your political stuff, check out Tom McDonald. Okay. Uh, Really good uh, political rapper. Uh, Shout out to Tom McDonald.
0: Fascinating. Anyways, it's probably as good as place as any. And, Brandy, I have another meeting tonight. Um, It's it's probably as good as place as any to bring this show in for a landing. Um, Thank you for joining us on this thought-provoking episode of Scripture Talk. If you have feedback about how I'm wrong, I'll gladly hear you. Um, I just don't happen to think I am. Uh, you can post in the comments. You can leave a comment on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can email us at gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on our website at palestinegrace.com slash videos. If you need an audio-only version of this circus, uh, you can just search Scripture Talk by Grace Church in your podcatcher of choice. Um, and we'll be back next week with another fun-filled episode of Scripture Talk. Um, so go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Fear not. Stay well. God is with us.